0: Hey everyone, Jeremy L. Jones here, author of Ruins of Empire. So, we have a little problem here at Ruins of Empire HQ. It seems producer Sean has come down with a case of acute separation anxiety. Every week when we are done recording, he slides off his chair and weeps quietly under the table. Now, this could be because listening to me reading for hours on end has finally driven him mad... But I like to think it's because that every chapter we read brings us a little closer to the end. But you can prolong that by leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. It helps people find this and keeps me writing books so that Sean never has to leave. Ever. Are listening to Ruins of Empire, Templum Veneris, Book 2 of the Ruins of Empire Project, a serial podcast novel by Jeremy L. Jones, read by the author. Chapter 27. This is where the story of Diana Adriana ends. Contemporaries claim, and historians largely agree, that Adriana left aboard colony ships bound for some unknown planet or moon. Shortly after her last broadcast, Armies and civilians all over Brazil began to surrender. Military leaders from the time describe a people that had lost the will to fight. Consequently, Adriana has gone down in history as a ruthless dictator whose true cowardice showed in those last moments as she left her people to die so she could escape her crimes. From the Fall, The Decline and Failure of 21st Century Civilization by Martin Raff. Joanna adjusted the brown robe and pulled the hood over Kronos's head. This robe makes me itch. You wear this always. Joanna nodded. It is required. I am sorry. I am sorry there's not more I can do. Kronos met her eyes as Joanna made the final adjustments. She smiled. I feel a great change coming. Someday soon, maybe. Now, remember what I say. Do not use railcar. It is forbidden for a colt who do not tend to arenha. No matter how heavy or tired you get, do not put down until you reach Modesto Wall. Kronos looked at two wooden crates tied to each end of a yoke. Just how much did you put in those crates? Enough, said Joanna, stepping back. The things you brought, and some broken things from here to disguise them from soldiers. But no matter what, do not drop it or stop to rest. And if someone stops you, drop it and run. Kronos finished. Joanna nodded. Once you are clear of the wall, you should be safe. You can find your way back to your people, yes? Kronos touched his arm and felt his Eros computer under the sleeve of his robe. Yes. For a moment, the two stood together in the glowing light of several dozen working monitors. The electric lights that Joanna had rigged together could barely compare to that from the ship's computers running at nearly full capacity. His biggest regret right now was the thousands of gigabytes that he would have to leave behind. Okay, maybe not his biggest. I suppose, said Joanna looking down, that this is the last time I will see you. He had let so many moments pass up to that point and he wasn't going to let this last one go. He stepped forward, took Joanna in his arms, and kissed her. He felt her lips on his, smelt her scent like flowers in engine oil, and tasted her breath. It was a moment of perfection as Kronos held her close to him, a moment he never wanted to end. Then Joanna jerked away and glared at him for a moment. Then her fist collided with the side of his face. "'Now!' Joanna yelled as he fell backward into a pile of debris. "'You wish to love me now. This time we are together, I think you might be interested. But then you run away. I think you might not like me or find my body attractive.' "'No!' said Kronos, rubbing the side of his face. "'That's not what I meant!' And now, right before you're about to leave. Now, before I never see you again. Now! Kronos started to get up. I admit my timing is poor. He flinched as Joanna stepped close, hoping she wouldn't take another swing at him. But she just spoke through gritted teeth. You know what I think? I think you want Citizen Girl. But I don't think they want you. But this is your last chance for love in Cytheria. And now you think, maybe Joanna will do. No, I did not think that. I didn't know how... I mean... Any words or thoughts that Kronos struggled to find disappeared under Joanna's withering glare. Get out. Never return to me. With that, Joanna turned her back to him and went back to the main console. Kronos remained standing there with his jaw still throbbing, trying to find any words to fix the situation, but he couldn't. He took a deep breath, bent down to take the yoke over his shoulders, lifted the crates, and walked out the door of the ship. He paused outside. The wind was blowing harder than it had previously, and the load on his back was already getting heavy. He dreaded the coming journey, but on some level, he felt he deserved it. He started walking when he felt his arm vibrating, and cursed himself for not disabling his Eros computer inside the ship. That kind of oversight could get him caught. But there was nobody on top of this mountain besides him and Joanna, so he decided to take the call. What do you want? Kronos snapped. Oh, Kronos... Althea sighed on the other end. That's a bloody miracle. Are you okay? Where are you? I am physically fine. I am leaving Joanna's ship and attempting to sneak out of the city. I will shut down my arrows computer. Wait, Althea interrupted. I need you to stay there. Vago is working on an attack plan and he's going to need your help. Kronos bent to set down the crates. Vago is attacking what? The city of Cytheria? Does he lack any sense of self-preservation? You know bloody well that he does. But sadly, we are out of options. Isra has been captured, and it is too dangerous inside the city. But Vego is working with the Corsario raiders outside the city walls. If he can breach the city's defenses, he can take the city. How can I help? We'll need radio communication, but our systems need a boost. Could you relay them through Joanna's ship? Kronos looked at the black metallic hulk with its array of strange metal antenna and dishes. It will take some time, but I believe it can be done. It can be done in a couple of hours. If I hurry, then do that. Keep in touch with your progress and be careful. Kronos lifted the crates back onto his shoulder, turned around, and stopped. Somehow, at that moment, the thought of returning to the ship and facing Joanna again felt scarier than trying to sneak through a city filled with soldiers who would do unspeakable things to him. At least the soldiers would kill him quickly. Kronos took a deep breath and tried to focus on what needed to be done. This was not about him. Althea, Bago, and Isra needed him. And as scary as Joanna was, Isra could be worse. He went back into the ship to the main control room and dropped the crates with a loud crash. Joanna, working at the controls, spun around. What are you doing back here? I told you. The situation has evolved, he interrupted. The change you seek is coming. Cytheria will soon be under attack, and I intend to help. You? Your people will attack Cytheria and depose the Arinha, if that is what you want. Joanna let a smile crack across her face and scooted to the side as Kronos walked up, activated the radio, and started making the necessary adjustments. I should tell you, he said as he worked, my people, on earth, I come from a society trapped in their minds, imprisoned in their own heads. The world outside, the world you live in, it is strange for us. There are many experiences that take place in the world that I still have no knowledge of. Joanna watched Kronos work. Her eyes fluttered around the room, and her lips moved as she tried to work out what that meant. When you were here earlier, she said finally, you did find me attractive. You wanted to love me. But I didn't know how. Joanna stepped close to Kronos as he worked and leaned just slightly on his shoulder. Maybe then, if your people succeed, I will provide instruction. Vago arrived with Althea at the Cosario sala. It seemed crowded when he left two or three hours ago, but now it was nothing but a solid mass of people. They were packed, shoulder to shoulder, almost vibrating with contained excitement. He heard Daphne calling his name from the front of the room and managed, with some effort, to move to where she was standing on the platform. "'I assume you were able to gather soldiers from the other Casario villages?' said Vago, shouting at Daphne over the din of the crowd. Daphne beamed back at him. We sent word as soon as you left. People started arriving within an hour. There are representatives from nearly all the villages. They wait for your orders. Vago nodded with approval. That's good. We'll need the extra force. Vago held up the rolled up paper. We have targets. Alexandra pushed his way through the crowd to Vago. We sent word to our supporter in Cytheria. They said they would contact you. Was this done? Vago unrolled the map. It was. We have seven targets, all in different parts of the city. Alexandra examined the paper with suspicion. Is that enough? It'll have to be, said Vago, rolling up the paper. Unless you got more friends inside Cytheria. Althea watched the crowd with wild-eyed wonder. Who are all these people, Vago? It took Vago a moment to remember that Althea still didn't completely understand Cytherian. He gestured to the entire assembly. This is our army. These people. Althea looked around. They look malnourished. Weak. A good many of them are injured. Vago, are you sure about this? I'm sure we ain't got a whole mess of options at this point. Vago raised his hands and waited for the general chatter in the room to quiet down. He estimated he was looking into the eyes of a thousand people. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he was fairly sure that Cytheria hadn't seen anything like it in quite some time. When the room was quiet enough... He spoke loudly in Scytherian. Thank you for coming. I think you all know why you're here today. The people I see before me have been forced down the biggest river of shit ever seen by mankind up to this point. The people I see have fought every moment of their lives and watched people they love die so they can scrape out one more wretched day of life. Your Scytheria's trash, as far as they're concerned. Something that needs to be thrown away to rot and be forgotten. I think it's time the wind kicks up and the trash blows back into the streets. The crowd cheered. Vago waited until the crowd settled down and continued. We're going on a raid again today. We aren't walking away with a few bags of grain, olives, or fruit. We're walking away with Scytheria itself. We've got seven targets. Farm's near the wall. Alexandra will pick a leader for each group and divide you up. The plan is simple. Vago held up one of the handheld radios. Each group will get one of these. The first group attacks draws the Scytherians to their position. They fight as long as they can, then withdraw back to the wall. At that moment, the second group starts their attack on the other side of the city. Once they fall back, the third group starts, and it goes on like that. Our target is a Sala Grande in the center of Scytheria. The first group to make it there will move inside, take the Arenha, and barricade the Sala. The other groups will arrive shortly. Do not hurt Isabel. We will need her when the remains of Scytheria's army arrives. Once we have the Arenha and the Salagran, Sathiri will have no choice but to surrender to us. The crowd cheered one more time. Vago stepped off the stage as the Casario fighters dispersed to their assigned attack groups. Did you pick up any of that? Vago asked Althea. She shook her head. I lost you after thank you. Huh, shame. Pretty good work if I do say so myself. Well, there ain't much to it. We got seven groups. When one withdraws, the next attacks, and so on. We'll keep the order simple, and Alexandra will help. You listen for the word Rakua. It means retreat. You hear that, you order the next group to Ataka, okay? Vago handed her a radio. She took it and repeated the words to herself Rakua, Ataka. Rakua, Ataka. I think I got it. Wait, why are you telling me this? Because I'm leading the first strike team, said Vago. Before Althea could object, he called out in Scytherian Group number one, meet me outside the Salah. Group number one outside, let's go! Vago started to move back through the crowd, but Althea quickly pulled him back. Don't you dare, Vago. Don't you dare go back out there and get yourself killed! Thanks for your overwhelming flood of faith. I'll be fine. You just worry about what you gotta do back here, said Vago, shaking free of her grip. You are injured. Did you forget that? You could barely stand when you got to the shuttle. Now you're gonna fight against a group of soldiers that literally spend every moment of every day training. You'll likely rip the dermal replacement, aggravate the wound, and possibly make it worse. Vago pulled a gun from the holster he wore over the Ministry green shirt and checked to make sure it was loaded. Fighting professional soldiers armed with swords and shields, to be specific. They don't even allow their warriors bows and arrows. But still. Althea tried to continue her protest, but Vago cut her off. No use arguing, okay? That first group don't hold or don't hold long enough. The whole plan breaks down. I need to be there to make sure we draw as many of those Scytherian novash to us as possible. Besides, it's probably not me we should be worried about. Really? Who should we be worried about, then? We need that transmitter on top of Maxwell Mons turned to the right frequency for this to work, and we're relying on the romantic skills of Kronos to accomplish that. I don't know what state he and that Joanna girl are in, but last I checked, it was on the rocks. Vago pulled a radio from his belt and hit the switch. Kronos, are we ready? Vago and Althea waited for a few seconds before Vago tried again. Kronos, are you there? What happens if we can't get the relay working? Concern crept into Althea's voice. We'll have to learn how to shout pretty loud, I think. Kronos! The radio hissed, crackled, and Kronos' voice said, The system is operational. We are ready. Good to hear. Stand by. Smiling, Vago replaced the radio on his belt. Well, if that ain't evidence of a divine favor, I don't know what is. I best get to my group. He started to walk to the Sala exit when Althea called to him. Vago! He turned around and Althea stammered. It's just, I wanted you to know that... Vego smiled. I know, me too. You have been listening to The Ruins of Empire. Templum Veneris, the second book of The Ruins of Empire Project. The Ruins of Empire podcast was written by Jeremy L. Jones and produced by Sean Vincent. Cover art was by Nick Martin. Music was Predator by Purple Planet at purpleplanet.com. Licensed under Creative Commons 3.0 license. City of Geeks, independent new media produced in Idaho.